Join the conversation. Join the conversation. You're with Cape Talk. All right, my next guest says that uh, dedicating time and effort to self-mastery is one of the best investments you can make in yourself. He says that care, self-awareness, self-critique, boundary setting, uh, candor and authenticity uh, are all key ingredients of self-mastery. And for those of us who need a little bit more help doing all of that, uh, he's put his thoughts down in a new book, which I have in my hand. It's called Serving of Self, Servings of Self-Mastery, Bite-Sized Pep Talks to Unlock Greatness. Dr. Alistair McGuinness is a highly accomplished business and academic leader and currently holds the position of Google's country director in South Africa. Uh, Alistair, welcome to Cape Talk. Good to have you with us. Alistair, we are struggling a little bit with our with our lines this morning, so I do hope that you will uh, you will bear with us. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, if uh, Joe, you can help me uh, with that. We've uh, I don't know if you've also been plagued by uh, uh, by technical issues this morning, but we have certainly. So unfortunately, uh, we are not able to uh, get to Dr. Alistair McQuenna on uh, the line. I'm wondering if there's another way that we can uh, uh, dial him up and have him uh, come and join us to talk uh, about uh, his book, Servings of Self-Mastery. Alistair, are you there? Dr. Alistair McQuenna, can you hear us? I can hear you. Good yes, morning. good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Wonderful <laughs> to have to you. Ah, oh, good to have you. There we are. We've been having a little uh, glitch in our system this morning, uh, but we, uh, we've we got you there. Listen, Alistair, I've got to start off just by asking, what do we even mean by self-mastery? <laughs> Before I unpack self-mastery, can I just confess to two phobias? Basically, yes. The first one is being removed from my cell phone. I took my phone in for repairs on Saturday for three hours. I nearly died. I felt like I'd lost one line. And the second one, I couldn't help it, is the fear of like oily stuff and fat gathering on my on the roof of my palate. And you get that from eating tripe. So I'm afraid I'm not a big fan of tripe. So put that out of the way. <laughs> I love that one. I love that pe- I love people's weird stuff. Okay, if uh, if Alistair McGuinness is coming to your home, do not serve him tripe. Uh, lesson number one: servings of self mastery, but no servings of tripe, please. Uh, listen, what do we mean by self mastery, Alistair? Perfect, perfect segue into self mastery. It's exactly <laughs> that: understanding yourself, understanding your likes and dislikes, understanding your triggers, understanding you know, what it is that, that actually drives you, you know, um, everybody marches it up to their own drum beat. So what does your drum beat sound like? Are you able to recognize it? So that's exactly what it is. Okay. It's about just unlocking inner success and self, uh, you know, effectiveness and so on. And then, Alistair, self-mastery for what? To what end? Is it for money? Is it for <laughs> happiness? Is it for fulfillment? Is it contentedness? Is it service to others? Why? Why do we need to be worried about whether we've mastered ourselves? So the golden thread that actually ties the book together, um, it's like the lifeblood of the book, is that you serve a higher purpose. And, that, and this I picked up from reading Steve Covey's, um, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People mm. eons ago, where he said, begin with the end in mind, right? So all of us kind of, you know, get to a, a stage in our lives. So I'm 48, and, I, and, and one can understand why I'm grappling with the meaning of life. Um, <laughs> also, after having read Viktor Frankl's book, Men's Search for Meaning, it's actually about serving a higher purpose. I've come to realize in my own life that True happiness and contentment actually comes from understanding that it's not about you. It's about serving a higher purpose. So when I talk about 
the journey to self-mastery being a lifelong journey or a lifelong voyage, I speak about things we can start to think about and implement in our lives so that when we eventually get to the pearly gates, we don't look back and say, what was that all about? Mm. You know, um, and also when people speak about you in your absence, what would you like for them to say? What legacy do you want to leave behind? So without this kind of not star, I just think life can uh, be a fruitless exercise. It's so interesting. You know, I was speaking to um, the the woman they call the message architect the other day, Tammy and Gadaming, uh, and she's, she's got a, a good friend. Yeah, I, I imagine. She, I thought that doesn't surprise me at all. That doesn't surprise me at friend. all um, because you you seem very like minded. And her book Finding Purpose talks about that. So, um, folks, if you are looking for a good read or a good marriage of books, uh, get yourself uh, Alastair McQueen's book and also uh, Tammy and Gadaming's book Finding Purpose. Um, presumably, though, in order to master your yourself you need to know yourself do you think that a lot of us actually don't know who we are and, and what are some of the factors that might contribute to that so i think there's probably two buckets of people there are people that have a sense of self-awareness they know who they know themselves um, and whether you acknowledge and embrace and celebrate what you know about yourself or whether you choose to be in denial about it that's the choice you make so that's the one bucket then unfortunately, there's also a bucket of people who haven't invested time in, in understanding who they are, uh, who kind of block things out, who haven't done the self-discovery journey, who are close to feedback from people because people around us know who we are and they, you know, how we show up, how we impact people um, says a lot about what's going on inside of us. And unless we're open to that feedback, you know, introspection becomes quite difficult. So I think you do have people that are wandering around aimlessly without an anchor, and they they find it very difficult to have to have a coherent, um, you know, uh, selection criteria when it comes to life choices. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the other bucket that kind of have a good handle of who they are. Uh, and sometimes that's quite a scary place to go. But you need you need courage and you need faith to be able to face who you are and kind of work with that. I wonder if there there are some people who whose approach to life is that it is is happening to them um almost that they become a victim of their own life um rather that and normally people who haven't you know we talk about doing the work done the work on themselves and and taken that brave step of of self discovery and self reflection that there's a feeling of and the, and the perhaps the feeling of disempowerment that comes with feeling as if life is something that is happening to us rather yeah. than we can somehow find a way to dictate our own lives absolutely and i think the the story around self mastery is just to remind you of your personal agency to actually take charge and to be in control. And I'm not uh, suggesting that it's an easy, uh, you know, undertaking at all. It's actually quite difficult to get to a point where you know who you are, you, you're self-assured, you don't, you know, you don't um, think twice about self-promotion because it's allowed, uh, where you're very clear about your value proposition, what is it that you offer to the world, whether it's an elevator pitch to a stranger, whether it's, you know, having discussion with somebody at the dinner table you don't know or whether it's actually going for an interview um being able to articulate this is Sarah Jane this is what I'm about these are my you know our personal beliefs these are my values and these are my boundaries so you're absolutely right there are people that kind of amble their way through life um you know woe is me and feeling quite uh, dejected in a way and you know for, for so reasons a lot of things happen to us and, yeah. and what I'm trying to remind everybody is that you have no control, relatively no control over what happens to you. But the good news is you can choose how you respond to life. 
If you're just joining us uh, this morning at uh, 18 minutes past uh, 11, we're having a bit of a masterclass in self-mastery. Servings of self-mastery, bite-sized pep talks to unlock greatness is uh, Dr. Alistair Mokwena's uh, new book. It's out now. You can get yourself uh, a copy. Um, can you talk about the role, and, and, and I wonder if it's one that uh, we often don't want to address, but the role of resistance and self-sabotage in one's journey um, of self-mastery. I mean, are, are, are those two things the most common enemies of self-mastery? They absolutely are. So resistance basically means you, you are closing yourself off to possibility of growth. You're closing yourself off to some harsh truths and realities that you need to confront, right? And, uh, and also just resisting doing the work and just saying, oh, putting it off and saying, I don't, you know, I don't need to work on this. I'm okay. There's enough people around me that accept me for who I am. Or if the world rejects me, it's fine. I'll just be a nomad. Uh, but I mean, we're all social animals. We all need relationship. We need, you know, we need friendship. So, so it is important uh, to kind of work through all those things. And I think there's certain habits that we cultivate over time that end up hurting us. So some of the some of the unhealthy choices we make, um, some of the decisions we make, and we live to regret. And those sabotage us. And I think, you know, if if you're not clear about what is the you of you and the real potential that lies inside you, you will live a life of compromise and, uh, and you won't be able to kind of assert um, yourself. You won't be able to, to, to derive the full joy and, and, and the full enjoyment of life because you're constantly compromising, you're selling yourself, underselling yourself, you're probably even putting other people ahead of yourself. So, mm. you know, when are you going to take care of you? So, so when I talk about self-mastery, I say, Pick any virtue and put the word self before it. Self-love, self-care, self-forgiveness, you know, self-awareness, self-emotion, and so on and so forth. It's so interesting that you say that and going back to that to that self-awareness thing, um, how how self-aware people are or are not. And, and I wonder if, again, that is determined by people having the courage to look at self, right? And, and, and also the the where we come from in that there's yeah. particularly being of a generation where we're told don't be selfish you know it's it's selfish to think of self um and and yeah. somewhere in that lexicon thing something's got skewed i think you, you're absolutely right i mean and i think uh what's equally true is this idea of self-promotion being arrogance being a display of you know of conceit being chest beating if you talk about how great you are well it is not it is actually affirming yourself. It is um, sharing that which you've achieved and you're excited about it, you know, without necessarily saying to other people they're inferior to you. So I think, I think we need to give ourselves permission to gloat in our success, but I think we need to be clear that success and, 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 and true happiness actually lies in using our talents for the greater good and for the benefit of others, not just for selfish gain. But I also think for me, just a, a, a kind of a personal testimony from my own life is for the longest time I was pursuing perfection. I thought, you know, mm. I want to be good. I want to be top of the game. I want to be perfect. And I could see with time that it was coming, was coming from a point of insecurity where I just felt that I could mask and make up for this insecurity by aiming for perfection, right? Mm. And then I realized actually I needed to deal with my own insecurity. I needed to deal with these negative voices in my head because, you know, let's, let's, let's face it, we, we all have voices from time to time, right? Whether it's a judge or a critic or yeah. a pessimist. And, and those voices tend to drown out the optimist. So, so 
until I started you know, embarking on a journey of listening to myself and reflecting and writing down my thoughts and feelings, um, you know, I was sitting in survival mode and trying to put a Band-Aid over a bad situation. So I did the work and then I realized, actually, perfection is another, um, another danger zone. It's yeah. a mirage that's not accessible. Only God is perfect. I love and that you say in the book, remember not to be seduced by perfection. And I think, yeah, that's it. Exactly. It's, it's, it's very tempting, right? Because and you, do, you go for interviews and then people want to say, you know, they, they try to be perfect and all of that. Well, I think it's very misleading and also it's dangerous to the relationships that you have, whether mm-hmm. it's personal or professional relationships. When you pursue perfection, you will not self-forgive. You won't recover easily from setbacks. You will expect the impossible from people. Actually, you won't allow people around you to fail and experiment. And you won't even allow them to be authentic and vulnerable. They won't admit to their, their knowledge gaps because, you know, they work or they live or they're in a relationship with somebody who, who seeks perfection and has no tolerance for imperfection. So just that realized work was such a turning point in my life. Now, I couldn't get two hoots about perfection. I'm good enough as I am. Yeah, yeah. How much, Alistair, how much of, of self-mastery is about the process and the journey rather than the result and the achievement? So that's another trap that I fell into in my life. Uh, you know, my wife would always say to me, you know, if we, if we drive from, say, Johannesburg to Durban on a holiday, the trip is the holiday itself. The trip starts when we get in the car and get on, you know, the N3 to Durban right. or the N1 or N2 to Cape Town. The holiday doesn't start when you get to the beach. I, will, I would always say to no, we need to get there as soon as possible, <laughs> offload the car, unpack the bags. Then we're on holiday. And what that taught me was that I was so obsessed with the destination that I missed the journey. Even, even, even going out for a meal wasn't a great experience for her because I kind of inhaled my food. And maybe these are like boarding school tendencies, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I raced through food. And she was like, food is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. So I've learned a couple of things about be in the moment, be present, celebrate little milestones along the way, look for opportunities to praise people, validate, acknowledge people, you know, reflect on what progress you've made. Uh, because let's face it, life is short. You might not get to the finish line. Um, and the journey should not be like a journey in futility just because you haven't reached the finish line. There's so much joy along the way. So I think people need to pace themselves and yes, have, have your eye you know, firmly fixed on the prize, but really, really force yourself to slow down and enjoy the journey. We're talking servings of self-mastery, bite-sized pep talks to unlock greatness, written by Dr. Alistair Mokwena, uh, which please, uh, folks, get yourself a, a copy of that. I read something so interesting recently, Alistair, that said we all have an intrinsic motivation towards growth. And, and that is evidenced by the fact that um, as babies, we master talking and walking. You very rarely see uh, a grown-up who can't do either of those two things. But, but Often by adulthood, the desire to grow has dissipated. Why is that? I think there's a number of reasons behind this notion of arrested development, right? Mm. So we all we all born with the natural kind of propensity or proclivity to kind of progress and grow and develop and be better. Uh, but things happen along the way. Triggers happen. Um, you know. Uh, our feelings are wounded. Our self-esteem gets eroded. Our, you know, our character gets attacked. And, you know, it's almost like 
growing plants um, in a glass house versus growing them in the wild, you know. Creating this nurturing environment all the way from like kind of early childhood days, getting to early childhood development, going through the schooling system. Life happens along the way. And, and with some people, unfortunately, they, they, their, their, their light gets dimmed. And it, it just, you know, until the flicker is gone. And, uh, and the work around self-mastery is a reminder that you need to protect yourself. You need to nurture yourself. You need to acknowledge what you're feeling. You know, and I think some people make the mistake of, of assuming that resilience is uh, just ignoring problems and just getting on with it, you know. But you actually need to pause, acknowledge what's going on and find a way to overcome it and make different choices. So it, it, it does happen that every day something triggers you, something trips you up. Imposter syndrome is a daily thing. Even... I experience imposter syndrome because there's a new challenge and a new task every day and you doubt yourself and you think, oh, am I good enough? Will I get through it? Will I be found out? But actually the world is, is actually quite a, quite a forgiving place. If you open your eyes and see kindness in people, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that support you than people that are against you. And sometimes we think that people are obsessed with us or they think about us mm-hmm. much more than they actually do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes... We just need to relax and say we, we're not that important to other people, you know. You must just cut yourself some slack. Yeah, yeah. There are some, there are some, uh, some of some favourite chapters of mine in the book. Um, one of them I love around uh, mentorship. Say yes to requests for mentorship and consultation, and that to me is the antidote antidote for imposter syndrome. That that is an esteemable thing that you are doing that also boosts one's self esteem. Uh, one of the biggest takeaways that I love and that I I try and do is to remain. I love this in chapter 21 remain a student of life and a student for life and and i think that really sort of um sums up the the essence of the book and then one of my other favorites is humility and curiosity always save the day and it's something that i hope for myself that you know at times you can uh you pride what do they say pride comes before a fall and so humility is a good one but but also curiosity i hope i always remain curious i hope that there's always another question for me to ask the book is called Servings of Self-Mastery, Bite-Sized Pep Talks uh, to Unlock Greatness. Do yourselves a favour, folks, and get a copy of it. Uh, Dr. Alistair McQuenna, what an absolute pre- pleasure it's been to have you on the show this Friday morning. Thank you very much. It's been lovely chatting to you, and, and I wish everybody success with their journey to self-mastery. Uh, the key to success lies inside you. Um, just cut yourself some flag. Remember, steady, you know, slow and steady wins the race, um, and success is accessible to all of us. Love that. Absolutely fantastic. Dr. Alistair McGuenna, uh, the author of Servings of Self Mastery.